Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. It's Wednesday, middle of the week, and you are listening to the Daily Bible Podcast. Traditionally called Hump Day. Yep. Yep. Do you remember those commercials where the camera camel was walking through the office? Uh, no. He's like, hey, hey, Tim. Hey, do you know what day it is? You know what day it is? <laughs> no, I don't think I've seen this ever. Oh, those were funny. Yeah, they're with the, the look up on YouTube. Who? I can't even remember. what They're yeah, not good say, commercials. They're, well, I don't remember. I want to say Staples, but. It was not a good commercial. Then. It was not good enough. That's for sure. That's for sure. Hey, somebody who is good enough is uh, Lennox. Wow. Lenny Trinidad. Lenny Trinidad. It's your birthday today. Happy birthday. Happy birthday yeah. to you. Yeah, we want to know if your dad named you Lennox after Lennox Lewis, the boxer. Yes. Or maybe not. It is a cool name, even if it's not after the boxer. It's, it's Lennox. It just has a strong masculine quality. Yeah, I it's like not it. common. You don't hear it very often. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. I appreciate it. So happy birthday, Lenny. You're four. Welcome to uh, your fourth year of life. Thanks for listening to the podcast and tracking along with the DBR. Good yes. job. Fifth year of life. Fifth year, right? He's going, yeah, he finished yeah, because he's four. Yeah, so fifth year. Hey, yeah. good job, good job. Yeah, hey, Christmas is in the rearview mirror now, and uh, I'm sad about that. Yeah, it is a little bit deflating every time. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. Do you guys take the tree down like right away, or do you leave it up for a little bit? No, and and it's not because we. There's no there's no principle behind it. We just it just takes us weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it just stays yeah. up. It's nice. We, yeah, it's like okay, we'll, we'll get to it eventually. Well, and then you have to. We do a real tree, so then you have to wait till like the city says, okay, put your trees out by the curb, and we'll come pick them up. And yeah, we don't do that, but I get that too. Yeah, we have yeah. the big tree. I, I, it's it's almost it's weird. Like once Christmas is done, I I don't want it around anymore. I'm like okay. I don't want to listen to Christmas music anymore. I don't want the decorations up anymore. Like we need to move on and then we'll hit it next year. And I don't know if it's like, I'm, I don't want it to become commonplace. Like I w- always want the magic of, of yeah, the, the season coming back around and being special. Yeah. So even when my kids are like singing Jingle Bells in July, I'm like, stop it. <laughs> no more. Stop singing. Christmas no more season. joy. Joy be gone. No, I, I, I appreciate the season. I enjoy it. We don't take it down in any hurry. Yeah. Uh, but I do look forward to the turn of the year. I think that's kind of cool. I always like the idea of goals and just yeah. envisioning the future. There's, a, there's, there's such a cool experience of when the calendar changes. I know it's a, it's artificial in that we're just designating times and seasons to to mark years. But uh, but I don't know. It feels like, oh, there's possibilities and the optimism that goes along with it. So I'm excited about that. Well, and there's a biblical principle there. I mean, the, the Israelites did mark a new year, not the same time that we do. But, right, right. They um, did it wrong, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, those guys get everything wrong. Uh, speaking of things they got wrong, we should read from the Old Testament. <laughs> okay. Hey, Zechariah chapter four today, and uh, not just chapter four, but I think four through six is our reading today, if that I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. And then we are in Revelation chapter Revelations. 18. Revelations. Yeah. Revelation. Turn to the book of Revelations. Hey, uh, Zechariah chapter four. Um, Opens with a, a, a lamp stand, and uh, there's seven lamps on it. Uh, the The Holy Spirit is often referred to in Scripture as uh, multiplied by seven, um, seven spirits, so forth and so on. So there's some thought that maybe this is perhaps the uh, representation of the Holy Spirit, of the Spirit of God here in the book of Zechariah. Um, there are these two witnesses that show up later, which may sound familiar because we've talked recently about the two witnesses in the book of Revelation and even Revelation harkens back to this and this idea of these two. 
Uh, the two witnesses there are, in this context, in the book of, of Zechariah, most likely referencing Joshua and Zerubbabel, uh, who are are types of the uh, the coming Messiah, because you've got one who's the priest in, in Joshua and Zerubbabel uh, as the, the king figure. So you've got the Messiah who will be both priest and king. You've got these two witnesses there um, to represent them. So Zechariah chapter 4 is uh, is a, a forward-looking chapter anticipating uh, what's going to happen and anticipating what God is going to do with the people of Israel, specifically as he is uh, a witness through them and through uh, just the nation as a whole. So cool imagery here with the with the golden lampstand. Um, looks like the, uh, the idea that's carried behind this, perhaps, and again, there's lots of commentary about this. We talked about the difficulty of the Ezekiel temple um, and the chapters that intervene. Uh, Zechariah's got some challenges too. It so does. we haven't said this yet. And if we have, we haven't said it with enough uh, vehemence. But Zechariah has some challenging interpretation issues just yep. because of all the imagery. The ap- apocalyptic literature just makes it a, a harder a harder thing to do. Not that it's impossible. There's some there's definitely things that we could glean from it to say, okay, well, we could see that there. Uh, the lampstand, for instance. Uh, you see in verse 6, one of the most uh, well-known verses in Zechariah, uh these are the words, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So the idea here is the spirit's going to be the one who's supplying the power and the energy, the, and it's an abundant supply of energy that will carry them through, that will create the change that's necessary. So look for the things that you know, and you can feel fairly confident are, are interpretive uh, interpretations, interpretations that are not far-fetched. Go for the easier stuff. Don't feel like you have to understand every jot and tittle of Zechariah. Yep. Yeah. And so we come to chapter five then, and there's another vision. And this vision here is of this gigantic flying scroll, um, which is is just sometimes humorous. Is some that of the a visions. UFO, perhaps? Uh, UAP? Is it a UAP UFO? I, I don't know. I don't know. But the scroll is basically 30 feet long by 15 feet wide. So it's pretty massive. And it's not rolled up. It's it's on it's unfurled. And on the scroll, the, the scroll basically is representing the judgment decree. And, and that decree is given there in verses 5 uh, down to the end of the chapter. And there's the wickedness of the nation that's depicted here. And it's depicted by this basket that shows up. And this basket is their iniquity. It says in verse 6 there. That's always helpful when the, 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 the vision is interpreted for us. This this is their iniquity. This is the sin. This represents all the sinfulness in the land. And it says there was a, a leaden cover and the leaden, leaden cover is lifted and there was a woman sitting in the basket and the angel said, this is wickedness and shoved her back in the basket and put the <laughs> lid back on. And, Damn woman. Yeah. <laughs> Get back in there. And the basket is taken away to the land of Shinar. It says in verse 11, which is Babylon. And that's looking forward to what we've been studying in the book of Revelation, that that's going to be the seat of all wickedness in the future is Neo-Babylon, which is the, the Antichrist kingdom. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a judgment about the people of Israel, but also saying that the iniquity has to be removed. It has to be purged from the land and it eventually will be. And yes, it's going to end up in Babylon, but we know what the end is going to be for that as well. But uh, funny side note on this Zechariah five, seven and eight about the woman in the basket. When I was in high school, our uh, youth leader called our uh, Bible study Chrome Y because we're better. And they used these verses as the theme verses for that. The woman of wickedness. That's that's very humorous. It's awful. It's so bad. I that's look back on that. Humorous. I'm like, how did you? How did you keep a job? Yeah. How did you keep your job? That's funny. Yeah, but uh, that's not what it means, ladies. Don't be offended. This is nope. not about you being wicked or evil. This is just the representation. Yeah, and, the, and just to throw that out there, man. People talk about the Bible being a, a, a misogynistic. Right. You know, women hates women. 
that's, that's not the case here. I mean, no. he, he could have easily used a man. It's yeah. just one of the things that this is how scripture personifies it. Uh, so please don't take any personal offense to that. Well, and someone even said that the, the, the words, so words in foreign languages, if you take in foreign language, they have gender associated with them. Mm-hmm. And so the, some have said because of the words surrounding this, the basket, the cover, so forth and so on, are feminine in yeah. their gender, that it's likely that that's even why he chose to use the, yeah, the woman for yeah. uh, for the one there. But yeah, that's that's what's going on here. Then in chapter six, you get uh, a vision. Final vision. Uh, yeah, the final vision. Number eight. Yes, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Of, uh, of these four chariots, which does represent the, the judgment of, of the Lord, the judgment of Yahweh going out into the, the world as a whole. Um, and uh, then you get the, the shift in the focus on the millennial kingdom again, uh, foreshadowing the, the coming of the Messiah and the, the uh, temple of Ezekiel. I'm going to say it that way rather than trying to say the big descriptive word with Ezekiel. Uh, but uh, we see that and you say, well, how do you know that's the temple of Ezekiel? Because uh, of the, the glory of the Lord that's going to reside there. Um, and the, uh, the fact that the, the branch the, the Messiah is going to branch out from this place and he's going to be the one building the temple of the Lord. Well, the one that's going to build the temple of the Lord during the millennial kingdom being the Messiah is going to build the temple of Ezekiel, not any other temple that has already existed. Amen. All right. Well, let's flip to uh, Revelation then. Revelations. <laughs> People are going to start saying that and they're going to get slapped down by somebody and they're going to be like, but my pastor said. Pastor PJ told us. No, I didn't. I revelation. It's not. It's not plural. This is one revelation that that John is receiving. But there's multiples. multiple revelations within it, so I think it's fair. But they're not. But each chapter is not its own revelation. No, but the, but the, yeah, there's several revelations within the revelation. But each, it's like the wheel within a wheel. But you can't in, say in Revelations 18 as though it's one of 18 revelations. Psalms 18. <sighs> Jose. Uh. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Pastor Rod made the point last time that uh, chapter 17 and chapter 18 of Revelation are, are related. These revelations connect. They're, 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 they're connected. Um, and, and they are, although they, one is, uh, is, is following on the, the heels of the other uh, here in, in uh, chrono- chronology of chapter 17 is followed by 18. See, I, you see how I did Good, that? Good, interesting. Yeah, 17 plus one is 18. That's why we listen to this podcast. Yep. These hot takes. Yep. Fallen is Babylon the great. Uh, come out of her, my people, verse four. This is, uh, uh, again, Babylon, this is a representation and a description of just the worldwide corruption that has taken place. A haunt for every unclean spirit, unclean bird, detestable beast. The nations have drunk the wine, the passion of her sexual immorality. This is just, uh, this kingdom will pervert the world unlike any other. Right. That's terrifying. When you look around at our world right now, like think about how dark our world is in some of the spaces that really aren't even in the corners anymore, but are in our headlines now. And, and to think that it's going to be saturated even more at this time is, uh, is quite a frightening concept. Indeed. I, I really appreciated the, uh, the conversation here. Um, shortly, but it's a short section, but it's directed to the church. Um, Come out of her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues, for her sins are heaped up high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquity. So God's calling the people like, hey, separate yourselves. I don't want you to be caught up in her wickedness. I don't want you to be caught up with what she's doing. And I think that's just as relevant and as practical today, which is, it sounds a whole lot to me like 2 Corinthians chapter 6, where... um, You've read the scripture before. It's that don't be unequally yoked passage. Mm. Um, God calls us to be distinct and separate. Uh, and that's going to look different. Uh, we're in the world, not of the world. You've heard that before. But I think it's important for you to feel that holy obligation not to look like the world looks. Sometimes, even within the church, I had I was talking to a friend not too long ago who talked about being a Christian will sometimes make you stand out even within the congregation of other believers. Mm. You can look so different and so odd that people will look at you with the 
a sidewards glancing, or, or why are you that way? You're kind of weird. Yeah. Be weird for the right reasons, Christian. Be weird for the reasons that God calls you to be. There's nothing wrong with being holy, and there's everything right about it. But to do that, it is going to require you to be willing to be different. Dude, I think you just hit on your next retreat, maybe your summer youth retreat theme. Be <laughs> like, weird. Be weird. Be weird. Weirdos. Yeah. I don't think that word has a positive kind of Like just a sweatshirt, which is weird. Be weird. Yeah. Or just weird. Yeah. Okay. Just weird. Yeah. All right. Weirds with an S. <laughs> Weirds. <laughs> um, Relations. You, you'll notice here the the mourning of the people, but they're not mourning for the right reasons. Second Corinthians chapter seven talks about the godly grief versus the worldly grief. This is a different shade even from worldly grief because they're not even sorry for their sin. They're sorry that, that their Babylon's sin is gone. over. Yeah. Right. Right, the, everything the, they set their hope upon. Yeah, their their source of sin has been cut off, and and that's what they're really upset over here. They're not upset because they're recognizing their sin. They're not even upset because they feel bad or feel guilty in some sort of worldly grief. They're upset because oh man, we can't continue on. This is the end. This is this is it. Um, and verse seventeen, for example, the the merchants. Look at verse seventeen. It says, "For in a single hour, hour all this wealth." has been laid waste. They're thinking, man, how tragic is this? All of the the wealth is gone. Earthly wealth is leading. Yeah. Well, verse 21 and following, we get uh, the the final end of the kingdom here, not of the the ruler, but of the kingdom. Uh, Verse 21, then a mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone. So this would have been something that is used to crush grain. Uh, Very, very heavy. If you think back to the old, uh, to the, the, the warning that Jesus gave, if anyone causes a little one to stumble, it'd be better for a millstone to be hung around his neck and be thrown into the depths of the ocean. So here you have the millstone and it is thrown into the ocean, but attached to it is, is, uh, is Babylon is the world's kingdom. So this is an image of the city being drowned within the sea that it is done. Uh, there is nothing left. And uh, in all of the, the, here's a, the word that we've talked about that sounds like it means the opposite mirth, right? All of the mm-hmm. joyfulness, all the celebration, all of the frivolity of the city is gone. There is no more because that was all anchored to the wickedness and the wickedness is being destroyed. We read about in Zechariah, right? The the basket, the wickedness was going to end up in Babylon. Well, it did, but that basket, that wickedness was going to be purged. It was going to be dealt with. And here's the end right here in Revelation chapter 18. That's right. What an exciting time to be alive. I mean, just to see God deal finally and fully, which I guess is not the end. We still have several more chapters to go to see what the un, the end unfolds to be, but this is exciting. Yeah. This is where Revelation's it's really hot. So bad. Yeah. But speaking of that, if you tune in with us tomorrow, just to give you a glimpse, if you're wondering, okay, what about the church? What are we doing? What's going on right now? Hey, the church comes back on the scene in Revelation chapter 19. Oh. And uh, we'll be there uh, on, the, on that scene for, for really the, the rest of the book here. So uh, pretty exciting to think about what's coming for us as the church. And uh, that implies that you are a part of the church, that you are in the church. And so we, we hope and, and pray that everybody listening to this is. And that involves not just showing up on Sundays. That involves a relationship with Jesus. That involves making sure that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Uh, no one is a part of the church because they show up at church any more than we are part of the royal family by showing up at the, the Buckingham Palace. We need to have a relationship with the royal one, a relationship with King Jesus. So make sure you've got that. Uh, otherwise, this is the future, uh, and it's a stark, and it's a grave, and it's a horrible future uh, that faces you if you are not right with the Lord. So we pray and hope that you are right with God. And uh, if you're listening to this, we trust that there's a good chance you are, though we don't want to take that for granted. That's right. Join us again tomorrow, and we will find out where the church is, what's going on, as well as continue in the book of Zechariah. See you then. Bye.
Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.